Welcome to Upvoted, No Sleep, where OP Lighting Nations writes. September 26th. It's been two days since the explosion. Angela and I made it to the basement just before the tower block collapsed. Now the only light is from my phone. A huge piece of rubble crushed Angie's foot, which means she can't stand. At all. I set her against the wall and folded up my jacket to use as a pillow. I was nervous about the baby, but she says she can still feel it kick. A few hours ago, she finally agreed to let me check out the rest of the cellar. In the far corner, I can see the start of the concrete stairs, but they're blocked off by rubble. There's old furniture scattered around, as well as a workbench with a load of tools, like hammers and saws and a box cutter. Not that they'll do us much good. We have plenty of oxygen, although the air tastes pretty stale. We've got plenty of water, too, but there's nothing to eat except an apple. A green one. Even if we ration it, it won't last long. It's gonna take them a while to dig us out. The longest I ever heard of anybody surviving without food is three weeks. I'm not sure what the record is for a pregnant woman. Hopefully, I don't find out. We just need to hold on. September 28th. I'm hungry. Angela is, too. Our stomachs keep rumbling. And down there, they sound really freaking loud. She keeps saying we should hold off on eating the apple a little longer. Neither of us sleep much, and I mostly leave my phone off to conserve battery. I only turn it on to record these voice notes. There's no way they're not already digging. So long as we conserve the water... We'll get through this okay. I know we will. September 30th. Angela's foot looks really bad. Thankfully, the baby is fine. We think. Kind of amazing, given the circumstances. It's gonna be our little miracle child. My eyelids are heavy, but I can't sleep. I keep feeling these itches and imagine spiders and centipedes crawling all over my thighs. I have to keep jiggling my legs and going for walks to make the itching go away. Really, I should preserve energy by moving as little as possible, but I can't help myself. Plus, it takes my mind off the hunger. I almost forgot. We argued about the apple. Again. I said it's gonna rot, so we should eat it soon. But Angie wants to hold off, because we don't know how long we'll be down here. September 30th. We got into another argument. Worst one of our marriage. Ever. I've been suffering from headaches and sickness and nausea and hallucinations, so I can't imagine how bad Angela feels. She kept babbling about how my hair was growing super fast until I shook her awake. Then she accused me of eating the apple. I had to hand it to her to prove I didn't. When I asked her to give it back, she said no. She said she knows I'm just going to eat it next time she falls asleep. I got pretty heated. I couldn't believe she would ever think that. I don't even want the stupid thing. I want her to eat it so it doesn't go to waste. I'm at the far side of the room now. I wonder if the microphone can pick up my stomach growling.
October 1st. When I went back, Angela had dragged herself away from the wall. I freaked out and shouted and raced around until I found her over by the workbench. When I asked what she was doing, she said, looking for me. I said, that's bull, but she stuck to her story. I said, she's sickly and pale, so it's already past time to eat the apple. She said, I just wanted to keep it for myself. And then we got into another argument. Now we're on opposite sides of the room. October 2nd. Angela has the box cutter. She grabbed it from the workbench. When I snuck over there after she fell asleep, it was gone. She's gonna wait until I'm sleeping and then slit my throat because she thinks I'm trying to steal our only source of food. I'm gonna die over an apple. A stupid apple I don't even want. October 3rd. The box cutter stuffed up her sleeve. It's so obvious from the way she moves her arm. I went over and said it's time she ate, and we got into another argument. She was babbling and barely making sense. Then she threatened me. Now I'm afraid to close my eyes because she'll try and kill me. October 3rd. This is so ridiculous. We can't go on like this. I need to wrestle the box cutter away from her. Then I'll make her eat the stupid apple. October 3rd. This is it. I'm gonna go. October 3rd. So, we almost died. Again. When I went over, Angela and I got into another argument, and she pulled out the box cutter and cut the air and told me to stay away. And I started shouting, and she did too. All these pebbles and dust started falling, and another part of the roof caved in. Part cut my head open. I grabbed Angela by the arms and dragged her to safety. Now there's barely any space to move around in, and we don't know where the apple is. Probably buried under rubble. Angela's asleep. We've agreed the sleep deprivation and stress made us both crazy, and cried and made up. October 4th. My vision is all fuzzy. I'm still bleeding. That's not even our biggest problem. Angie said the baby feels lower along her pelvis. Happens ahead of birth. That's the last thing we need. Where is the rescue squad? October 5th. Angela needs food now, otherwise starve. Needs nutrients. Nothing for her to eat. I can't stand. I'm dead soon, everything cold and dark. I love you, Angela. October 20th. This is Angela. Me and the baby got rescued two days ago and are still recovering in hospital. The doctor said I shouldn't be ashamed of what happened and that I only did what I had to do to survive. Even still, I don't think I'll ever be able to look at a box cutter without bursting into tears. I've decided I'm going to eat an apple every day in honor of my husband's memory. And that was an upvoted no sleep story by OP Lighting Nations. And be sure to check out their subreddit too at reddit.com slash r slash thought industry. Sweet dreams.